0: everybody, this is Sarah Ben Casa. welcome to another episode of well, this isn't normal the podcast about dealing with it <sighs> dealing with all of this, all of this stuff and that can mean different things to different people. So whatever it means to you right now, I hope this helps. Today, I'm excited to present to you an interview I did a few weeks. Back with Stephanie Shriok, who has been the president of Emily's List since 2010. Emily's List is an amazing organization. It has helped elect record numbers of women to the House and Senate and recruited and trained thousands of pro choice Democratic women to run for office, which is incredible. She is a superstar fundraiser. She does a ton of stuff for. Women in politics, women in the workplace, women at home, women in the hospital, women in restaurants, women in grocery stores, women at the ocean, chicks in general in these United States. People who identify as gals. I hope you enjoy our conversation. She's really funny. She is... A really, really hard worker, and it was wonderful to get to talk to her. And you can check out list.org for more information. And I'll talk to you once our interview has concluded. Hello, well, this isn't normal, friends. <laughs> uh, I am here with Stephanie Shriok, the president of Emily's List, which I am a big fan of.
1: Yes, As you know. Thank
0: you, thank you so much for having me, Oh, Again, it's so- this isn't normal. No, this is not <laughs> generally how we would chat. Uh, I got to see you speak in person at the Emily's List event in LA recently, and we've had a few people who were at that event supporting the nation's largest uh, organization devoted to electing pro-choice Democrat women up and down the ballot. Um, Sebastian Rocher was, has done the podcast. Alicia Hanna has done the podcast. Roxanne Gay has done the podcast. Uh, Ingrid Haas has done the podcast. So these are di- different people in the arts who are really creative and, and I'm so glad to have you here. This is exciting this is great. Well, I'm so glad you had
1: all of them and it just, you know, it takes everybody. We know this work is hard and
0: that is just so cool that you've had them all on.
1: Thank you. That's so cool. Of
0: course. Okay. And we're, and we got to make connections. Like, like I didn't know that Roxanne is a big general hospital fan and Sebastian plays Jerry Jacks on general hospital. He's also on supernatural <laughs> and he's on right. fat woman yes. and man in the high castle. He's on like a million things, but I didn't know that. And so they met. And as a result of Emily's List, in addition to (laughs) electing pro-choice Democrat women up and down the ballot, uh, I think Roxanne is going to go on a a tour of the general hospital set as soon as we're allowed to. (laughs) As soon as you you can actually go to something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: is... Awesome. That's, 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 <laughs> that's the that's only, only important
0: thing. That's elect- the only important thing, Emily. Yeah, electing does.
1: Democratic women and bringing people together to do crazy things. <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> when Some would you- argue electing Democratic women is a crazy thing. And it's crazy and wild. It. In a f- yeah. it's crazy sexy
0: cool <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, right when did you get involved like did you join Emily's list as the president or re- did you hold a different position in the organization first
1: no so I I came in uh, a little over 10 years ago so I've been oh, the president wow. for okay. ten years uh, but I followed the founder uh, who had been the president for 25 years so we're actually celebrating. Our 35th anniversary this year. Oh my God. Which happy us. We were going to have a big conference and a big gala and all the wonderful things on May 4th, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so we are
0: um we're like happy birthday to Emily's list. <laughs> Correct. And people a lot of people think that the founder's name was Emily, but that is not true, also. That is
1: not true. Um the, the founder's name is Ellen. Ellen Malcolm, um, who in her own right is a badass, amazing woman who came up with this concept. Uh, back in 1985, and her basically her girlfriends got together and were like, We keep losing, we can't, like, we're just not, none of the women are winning and getting any support. And so they started it, and of course, they had to come up with a name. And I, this, as the story goes, it was really hard to come up with something. And then one day, uh, Ellen and a friend of hers, uh, Lael Stiegel, who unfortunately is no longer with us we're like bouncing back and forth. And they're like, oh, it should be early money. Cause we need to be early money, early support, early. And Ellen's like, Emily, early money is like
0: yeast. And the time when we're all making, well, <laughs> apparently everyone else is doing sourdough bread and stuff. This feels extremely relevant. I, it I'm is.
1: Like, so baking's coming in what, 10 years ago when I, I at the time i was departing um senator john testers staff he was he is, he is the us senator from montana and i was his chief of staff and and if anybody knows john tester you should look him up he's an amazing guy but he is like he oozes like masculinity. Like he's a big farmer and he's got like a (laughs) flat top fingers and he's super smart and I adore him. So of course I would go to Emily's List from John Tester. Like it was just like a (laughs) very funny connection. And when I left and I was like, I'm going to Emily's List and and some of the younger stuff were like, what's Emily's List? I'm like, early money's like yeast helps make the dough rise. And they're like, like shaking their heads. Like, what, is well, like, what, what is baking? Like what? And now everybody's like yeast. I got it in that. I like, got it in the cupboard again. And oh, I got Fleischmann's. I got Red Star. I'm ready to rock. Absolutely. It's, I've been that's right. Cinnamon rolls. It's happening. It's happening. So yeah, I'm ha- going to try to bake chocolate donuts this weekend.
0: Oh, donuts. That's
1: awesome. I know, but they're baked donuts. So it's like going to be totally healthy.
0: Yeah, no, that's really, like, that's part of a healthy diet. That's, that's what I'm You need that. Well, so, Emily's, I know you, you have to do this spiel a million times a day, but for folks who don't know what Emily's List is, we've established that it works to... Um, that you and, and the organization work to elect pro-choice Democrat women. And I will often say from the school board on up, um, just as sort of like a way of, because it, that's a shorthand for it, um, this is not just about electing a, a woman president, although that is one of the goals of the, has been one of the goals of the organization and continues to be. Um, but like what kind of an organization? Is it a privately held corporation? Is it tell me more? <laughs> would you like our tax status? <laughs> uh, yes, I would. I'd like to know if it's a loan-out corporation, we can do LLC.
1: All of that. <laughs> so we so so Emily's list is is really formed around it's a political action committee. Uh, and the sole mission, and it's super simple, is to elect pro-choice democratic women. And so what we do. Uh, is we go out and we find women, we recruit them to run for office in specific races, whether it's city council and mayoral races, legislatures, Congress, U.S. Senate governors. Uh, we've, we haven't gotten that president yet, but we will get there uh, someday. Uh, and what What I what my team does, and we're 120 people staff. I've got this huge staff like all over the place. They are that's awesome. Amazing. And I mean, typically they go to the candidates' houses and they sit at their kitchen table and they literally talk about what it is to run for office. They help them find staff, help them write budgets, help them write campaign plans. We talk about strategy. How do you win this race? you know do we need to clear the primary do we need to win a primary how do we beat the republican all of that work um we're partners in because all we want our sole goal is for that woman to win like there's no lobbying on the other side we're not a lobbying organization we literally just believe that our government should have more women period so usually my team is out there like going to people's houses, sitting at women's kitchen tables, uh, and really thinking through their campaigns. Should you run? This is why you should run. Sometimes we beg them. <laughs> 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 they say yes, uh, we get other people to beg them if we have to. We're serious, like if we want you to run, we're gonna beg you with lots of people. Uh, but we also help find staff, write budgets, write plans, think about how you win primaries, how you beat Republicans. We're in there because we want that woman to win. And that's what we do. And then we, you know, the interesting thing is that's sort of our early support. We get you started. And then a little bit, we're like, okay, now it's time to fly. Like, show us that you are going to do the work to make this happen. Because running for office, you know, it's, it's not complicated. I think some people think it's complicated. It's not complicated. This is not rocket science. There are pieces to put together. You just put them together. But you gotta work hard. You gotta be willing to do the work. So we look at that and we see if you're willing to do the fundraising and the outreach and the door knocking and all those things. When you can do that, don't door knock right now, please. And um and then we make a decision on endorsements. And then when we endorse a candidate. Uh, that comes with financial support. And we go to our membership and ask our members to make contributions directly to those candidates. 100% of those contributions go to the candidates. We as an organization also cut checks to those candidates and say, here's a check for you. And then as we get closer to the election, we spend tens of millions of dollars on television, radio, digital advertising, direct mail still today, uh, communicating with voters, particularly women voters about our candidates. So we are like from A to Z
0: there to get those women through those races to the best of our ability. And who donates? What is the, is there a typical Emily's list donor? Like what, what are your donors like? Besides yes. moi. <laughs> they're, they're amazing.
1: And yeah. I'm so grateful for each and every one of them. Uh, over 50% of our donations and or actually it's the wrong word. Over 50% of our money comes from individual donors who are giving less than $200. So we have a big small dollar program. Uh, so those are digital through digital um, gifts, so you can go on Emily'sList.org and and sign up and make a contribution
0: or make a sustaining contribution. And that's awesome, Stephanie. We talk it's a so lot of, on this on this program. One of my goals, because this well, this isn't normal, started March 16th. And so while we do obviously end up talking about coronavirus, um, the aim is to talk about um, ang- stress, it's a mental health podcast. So we talk about stress relief and anxiety yes. relief and, and how you can be of service, because I've, I have found that being of service is one way that um, people can heal and people can feel better. And so that's, it can be a form of, of anxiety relief, really philanthropy. And we talk a lot about small scale philanthropy, like you can donate five dollars if that's what you've got. You can donate ten dollars if that's what you've got. You don't have to donate a ton of money. It's great if you can, but you know, right. if if you devote five dollars of your stimulus check to a charity you believe in, that's pretty cool. Like uh, you know, do what you can, and and you know, personally speaking, in times when I have gotten more money, I'm able to donate more, and in times when I have less money, I'm able to donate less to organizations I care about, or or helping out people personally that I know, um, and it's okay. So if you're listening and thinking, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not the type of person to donate, you can become the type of person to donate. You can just give a little bit and that's okay. That's right. Uh, and it makes a huge difference in all the power of those small
1: donations add up to this huge change that we're making. Um, And the other thing that you can do, and one of my favorite things, I still do this and I run the organization, but I still go to the website and just read the stories about these women who are so brave, who are willing to put their name on the ballot uh, in an environment where they're going to get followed with cameras and they're going to get, you know, there's going to be social media trolls around them all the time. And they don't care because they want to serve their community and they fight so hard. And you read these bios and their backgrounds and you're just like, you're going to fall in love with these women. They're just so cool. And the other thing I would say you could do for everybody who's listening is like, adopt one or two of these women, one of these two candidates, and just follow them and, and sign up on their mailing list. And, and they're starting now because this is, it. Is, I mean, it's hard to be a candidate. Like I'm going to say, campaigns are not super complicated, but they're a lot of work. Well, now we're in an environment where our candidates are doing the same thing you and I are doing, Sarah, right now. We're sitting in our condos, you know, figuring out how do I run for office when I can't go talk to people outside? I mean, this is like kind of crazy, right? Yeah, there's no door
0: to door knocking. No. There's no in-person there's no conferences. Yeah. There's no big
1: speeches. There's, yeah, I mean, there's not even an editorial board, you know, to got the newspaper, local newspaper now, or that you don't go to the, you know, the nonprofit groups to talk. It's really crazy. So, so what they're starting to do, um, and I talked to actually Congresswoman Abigail Spamberger Yes, literally yesterday. She's I live in Virginia. She's one of the new Virginia Congresswomen, and they're doing uh, a lot more of just bringing in volunteers on whether it's Zoom or House Party or some piece of you know technology to talk to each other, um, just for community. So it's another place to find community when we're all isolated away from each other but but then they start doing like little bits of work like let's do a little phone bank and talk to some voters and let's use our social media outlets to make sure that we can you know keep reaching out to the voters in those areas and then they're just coming up with new creative ideas so i think it's a really interesting way to engage and make change while we're all sitting isolated away from each other.
0: Tell me more about how I can get involved with people, or excuse me, with, with helping to elect candidates in my own, say, um, congressional district, my own school board district. Like, Can Emily's List serve as a place where I and our listeners can learn more about like hyper-local stuff? Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean,
1: we um, we have a, a section on the website uh, where you can put in your zip code and it will lay out. Um, in most places, I will say, I'm not a- 100% sure it's like every place in the country, but if you're in a big urban center, you're great. And frankly, in any urban center, you're in pretty good shape. I was gonna say in like Webo County of Montana, you might not be in there. So I apologize to my... Brothers and sisters in Montana, and I'm a Montanan, so we're working on it, <laughs> get it all done. Um, but they, uh, you can go in there and see, you know, who all of the or what all the offices are. You can see where there's actually some offices that are looking for candidates. So if anybody on the, who's listening wants to run for office in some states, you can still file to run for office in November right now. Oh my gosh. That's like, amazing. Right Whoa. And in, some, in some of the situations, the filing deadlines have been pushed back a little bit because of COVID-19. And in some States, the filing requirements have been lowered a little bit. Uh, Cause a lot of States you have to have signatures. Mm-hmm. Well, it, again, hard to get signatures when you can't go door to door and so they've changed some of that. so it's kind of for really localized offices, city councils, you know parks commissions, uh, school boards you know some of those de- in some states those deadlines have been um, lengthened. so if there's anybody listening uh, and has any inkling to run for office, please even if you want to run a year or two years from now or five years or ten, I don't care. Uh, You should join our Run to Win program, uh, also on our our website, and get part of that community, which is super cool. Uh, And we've got a Facebook group around Run to Win where women are working with each other and talking to each other about what it's like to run, what they're running into, uh, learning lessons from each other. Of course, we're going in there giving best practices, doing webinars and other activities on a regular basis. So there's a lot of ways to get involved, but the, the truth is your local candidates right now, they need you more than ever. Because like I said, they're doing the same thing we're doing. This is such a different situation. And being able to sign up you know, on their website or call them, like if it's really local, like if you're in a small town, and you know, LA, it's one thing. Cause you're in a big, you know, it's a big city situation. But if you're in my hometown of Butte, Montana, like you can call your city council person, and that person's gonna answer the phone, <laughs> and she's, she's gonna say, you know, how are you doing? And you're gonna say, how can I help you? And like maybe you can start figuring out some phone bankings or some. You know, conferences that you pull together digitally. And I think you can make a really big difference right now because folks are trying new things. I think it's a really good time for that. What have you ever considered running for office personally? You know, this is a very funny question because I get it a lot. And the truth is I have, I go back and forth a little bit on it. I was one of those, uh, teenagers that ran for all the class
0: offices. <laughs> like I was that, that person. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna put it out there. I, I, did, was- I did a you couple. Do. I think I did. Yes. I was the vice president of my ninth grade class. Awesome. And then I think after that, I was like, uh, but I was always really into social studies and history and, and I love cool. being on the Emily's List Creative Council, which I should, yes, have, which said I have, which I should have said thank you for oh, being on the Emily's List Creative Council. Oh, of course. Said that. I'm also wearing my uh, Emily's List I see, shirt. See that. Ooh. I like I
1: wore it when I walked this morning. Um, actually, it's usually what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> must have sweatshirts now. Got all Ooh, of- you got to wear that funny. swag really good stuff. It's really but, good stuff. So you're <laughs> so, a teen candidate,
0: but you are I was not a teen an adult candidate. But candidate. I, I,
1: I'm not an, I haven't been an adult candidate, but what I tell everybody is no one should say never. And that means me too. Like no one should. you, you never know when you're going to be called to serve in your community and everybody should be open to that period. I really think that's important. You know, so for thus far in my life, I feel that I am in the right place to do the best. Good, which is like back up super awesome women who are willing to put their name on the ballot and do everything I can and and maybe later in life some something else changes but for right now I'm just I kind of have like the best job in politics because I would get to work with the most amazing women you can um,
0: you like imagine they're so cool how do you manage as the as the president of this organization how do you manage The reality of the fact that you know pro-choice democrat women can really encompass a spectrum and there are women who um you know uh, identify as pro-choice who uh believe in um specific restrictions around the the right to choose to have an abortion and um they they can have very different ideas about what that is. Right. And they can also uh, just because you're a pro-choice Democrat. I mean, you know, the Democrats are a a big tent party (laughs) and which is one reason why um, I think there is often argument and dissent because, uh, you know, we allow for critical thinking within our party, which is exciting. And uh, I mean, I am a registered, uh, I shouldn't say my, but I'm a registered independent, but I'm always going to Pretty much going to vote for the candidate who, given the choice, I will vote to the candidate who is more to the left. if i've got three choices, i 'm probably going to go with the one who I think is um, the pragmatic progressive, which is how I felt that yeah. that Elizabeth Warren was. you know I really like that, that she, she was a progressive with wonderful ideas and great plans to implement them. And and that's true regardless of, of their gender or sexuality or cultural background or what have you, for me personally. But, um, you know, with the Democratic Party, since it's not a monolith, since it's not just, um, you know, sort of like, towing the white supremacist line that we see, um, on the side of the GOP, like, uh, you've like, got a lot of really diversity. Anti-science. Yeah. Even any of the exactly. people over there. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got, because you've got like an AOC, you've got a uh, uh, representative, uh, Pelosi, you've got a, uh, you know, um, there's a million different examples. this is just, you've got Stacey Abrams, you've got like, these are not people who's, who have a, a, a monolithic position. So I'm wondering as an organization, what it's like for you all to decide like, okay, how are we going to endorse? How's this going to go? Cause you might conceivably have a couple of pro-choice women, Democrat candidates who potentially are going for the same thing. And you got to oh, make yeah. a choice, like who's more in line with our policies. It just, I've always wondered about that because I feel like it must be difficult sometimes. Yeah, well, and
1: I I will say it is a growing challenge and opportunity, if that, if that makes sense. Because for, my gosh, well over 25 years it hardly ever happened that there were more than one woman running against each other. In fact- Oh yeah, you guys
0: have created your own problem. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: this is all on us. It really, I mean, it's, 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 it is it's our success, which is what I felt the entire presidential primary this year. Yeah. I was like, great. I love all of you. We literally <laughs> like have been with Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Morin and Kamala Harris and Kirsten Gillibrand since the beginning of their careers- I mean, we, you know, I personally recruited Elizabeth Warren to run for the Senate, like Thank literally you. in her living room. Uh, Kamala and I had this very intense conversation about whether or not she should run for that open Senate seat when it came. So we are all like this. And so I'm like, oh, you're all going to run at the same time. And then I'm like, but you're all going to run at the same time. Yay. Like, it was like both those things. And uh, that was a little bit of a unique situation because we just had to let that one play out. What we do down ballot, because here's the thing: they're just the party's just not going to clear out primaries for women. We just haven't seen that very often. Slightly better than it used to be, but because we just we were loud and we push a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We are pushy broads who are like, no, we want, this is the best candidate, but there's a lot of primaries, And so we have to make some really tough decisions. And sometimes, uh, we look and like, if it looks like there's going to be a woman, no matter what happens, like it's like just three really fabulous women and no man in the mix at all. We'll just let it play out. We, We will just let it go. Um, because our goal is not like, we really want as many Diverse perspectives of women in office,
0: and I think that Emily's list is key. You're one of the not not you personally, but uh, the organization is is one of the single largest uh, providers of funding for pro-choice women Democrats of color who are running. Right? We are. We that's
1: awesome. Uh, And particularly because where we really want to get involved are these you know, these seats that it used to be the seats that were drawn, gerrymandered seats that were very specifically drawn for communities of color. And we're like, well, we're going to go in the primary and we're going to make sure she mm-hmm. <laughs> wins, whoever she is. Uh, and so then you get women like, Uh, African-American Congresswoman Gwen Moore up in Wisconsin. We spent a huge amount in her primary years and years ago, or Terry Sewell down in Alabama, the same thing. But now what we're really trying to do is break the mindset that there has to be a specific district for a community. Like, you know, Stacey Abrams, who should be governor of Georgia... Mm -hmm. She's going to be George, governor of Georgia because she is the most uh, prepared, ready, experienced, smart, talented person. And if they hadn't uh, stolen the election, she'd be governor of
0: Oh, Georgia. the people of Georgia yeah. deserve better and, uh, and wanted so, better. And they so would be safer.
1: About, you, oh, my gosh. And yes, and the governor down there is a disaster. But what, what we what we know, what we want people to think of is, you know, and Barack Obama, thank you for sort of proving this out. We need more diverse voices in every community. And it's not just like white people can represent white people and black people should represent black people and let, you know, Latin. Yeah, it doesn't have
0: to be matchy matchy. (laughs) No, it doesn't at all. It's not an Easter suit, although they're cute. Yeah, they yeah, right. Yeah, love a cute pantsuit,
1: but that's not life. Really, that's right. (laughs) And we had to break people out of that mindset. And so, in 2018, we went in really big behind women like Lucy McBath uh, in Georgia, who's now in Congress in a district that is, you know, would not be by any means considered a minority majority district. Was the term that they used to use and. And Lauren Underwood, who's African-American congresswoman in Illinois, in a district that no one ever would have pondered an African-American winning in that district. And we're like, why, what does that matter? Like, she's the best person to be the member of Congress in that district. And it doesn't matter what the demographics entirely are. It's like, she should be the person because she's wickedly smart in And uh, we were able to get behind her and get her through that general election. It's not an easy district. She's got a tough re-election. We were going to make sure she stays there because she's so good. But we want to be like, hey, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter where your race is. You can run anywhere. And we've got to, like, this is what ties us together. But what's also beautiful about that is then you get different perspectives in. And then so to your earlier point is, You know, we don't have a big policy agenda because we believe that when you get diverse voices of women of all backgrounds at the table, that's when you get the best policies for the community. And we are so far from that until we get, you know, I mean at least 50% of the table, I mean, I think we should make up for some lost time and maybe look at 60, 70, 80% of the tables. (laughs) Uh, That would be great. That would be, why not? I mean, the men have had 100% for a long time, and now they have like 75% in a bunch of places. It's ridiculous. Like, this should happen. And every time we add another different voice, the entire debate changes for the better. And that's what we have to do.
0: Did you see the I mean it was a a beautiful, a beautiful uh tableau, a mosaic of lady leader faces. And it was an opinion piece, and I don't remember what newspaper it was in. It just ran yesterday, the day before, um online, that was like uh what do these countries that are doing a really great job managing coronavirus response have in common and it was all these women who are charged whether they're prime minister or president or simply like sort of the czar guru if you will the the, the person in charge of the response um and it was this very diverse array of ladies did you see that Let, i that did article. oh you bet i did oh <laughs> so i sent it to like three people and then i pose, i think i
1: posted it or i'm posting right and it's amazing it's like it's like boom boom, boom. i'm like huh surprise <laughs> And, like, why that's do you think wait, that's what's going on right now in the United States? Oh, yeah. Like, Governor Cuomo, who is out there every day, and, hey, doing a great job. I'd like, go Governor Cuomo. Uh, but Governor Laura Kelly in Kansas, who I, who I actually had a chance to talk to briefly this week, like, what she's done to keep the numbers down in Kansas of coronavirus, and if you compare it to the other, the rest of the region, like. She's doing a phenomenal job. She was the first governor in the nation to close the, the entire public school system down. Ooh, that's but awesome. here's the thing That's, about that's Laura tough. County, it's tough to that's be the tough. first. And yeah, it was tough to be the first. And she got a lot of hell for it, right? I mean, she really had to fight, but she was right to do it. And because she's made all these changes, including having to go to the Kansas Supreme Court last weekend because there was a big push by the Republicans in the legislature to open up churches for Easter. And, I, you know, hey, I, I understand that people want to be in community on Easter. I, I respect that. But you've got you to be safe. And she's like, we can't do it. People are going to die. And that is not what we want. And she had to take, go to the Supreme Court, the Kansas Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and she won. Good, because you and know they, what, I mean, so I... People, because we have it. So these women governors are really rocking it right now. But they never pound their chest. They just like
0: roll up their sleeves and do their work. Well, that's, that's what, what I think, think we're good. trained and that's what we are trained and socialized to do as women. And that's one reason why I love being involved with Emily's List and why I believe in it. Because if people say, well, what? You just want a woman to be in, in there? Shouldn't it be the most qualified person? And it's like, yeah. Uh, most of the time, the most qualified person is a woman. And you know why? Because not only have we had to deal with a ton of shit, but we're also trained and socialized culturally from the jump to be collaborative to listen. I'm not even making an argument for some sort of, uh, you know, inherent biological or otherwise difference. I'm saying socially nurture. We are nurtured and taught to listen. We are so often the ones to whom the responsibility for child rearing goes, Um, not just rearing our own kids, but raising other people's kids. So for me, uh, you know, when you take that sort of that messaging and the over culture that we all absorb, and then you add on top of it um, a hard worker who's whip smart uh, and and an interesting array of life experiences, like and a genuine desire to serve. That's probably going to be a great candidate. That's right. That's
1: exactly right. And they these women are out there all over the country. Uh, and and for those folks who ask that question, well, you know, really, just a woman, and shouldn't be the best candidate. They they are the ones who are putting an extra obstacle, like one more big jump for that woman to go over, because she then has to prove that she's qualified versus a male who is just assumed to be qualified, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. Why why do we make that assumption about anybody?
0: and and nobody in this situation no, none of these uh, you know intersectional feminists who are working hard to elect pro choice democrat women none of us are saying Oh this this gal gets off scot free or we won't criticize her or we won't attempt to remove someone from office who proves herself to be corrupt god forbid. But you know what I mean like nobody's going oh yeah I'm just going to write this gal a blank check like no 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 we understand that a woman who is elected is probably going to be held to an even higher standard than uh, a gentleman. They always
1: are. And and the reason, I mean, if Emily's List wouldn't need to exist if this was completely evened out and fair and equal and no problems, I mean, we wouldn't, that, like, yay, someday maybe we don't have to exist. But but the truth of it is that um, our our candidates so often have to overcome uh All of the just built-in misogyny that is that's in our culture, right? That we're all dealing with in all different kinds of sort of ways. We all absorb it. Sometimes even you know I perpetrate it without meaning to. Oh, exactly. It's like it's not just like men are saying this about oh my god say this about women because it's just it's it's just it's in us. It's stewed in us from early on, and we have to fight against it. And I mean, I just think about. You know, like the one here is one example, one of many examples. It is the the mother running for office. Or the not mother running for office. So we've got women who have small children, yes, younger children, I should say, not small children, younger children. I'm sure they're average height. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get all children, whatever children, ever, children Young. younger children, uh, and they get asked by all sorts of people who are going to who's going to take care of your kids if you win. Well, who do you think takes care of my kids now? And I work full time. And questions a a man would never get. And that, so there's that, Rob. And they they fight through it and it's okay. and, And they still win. But then you've got the young women who are running for office who don't have children and are asked, well, what, why, do, why don't you have children?
0: And what's going to happen? Like well, how oh. they mommy track lawyers. Well, what's going to happen when why, oh, you decide do. to have children and you're not going to have time for all this work right. then? It's, it's like, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't. Yeah, so, like, it's you so weird.
1: And, and the truth is they just fight through it. And folks are like, well, how are we going to change that? I was like, we're just going to change it by keep winning and keep having great Emily's List role models all over the country who are showing the next generations of women and men of both who need to learn new cultural norms that you can be a mom with young kids and a governor. You just
0: like, you can be a man and a president with young kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you You're allowed to take a nap. And you're allowed to, like, you don't have to work yourself until you're sick, although you probably will. Yes. No, I got to tell
1: you, we have to, we have, thank you for saying that. We have to be kinder on ourselves and on everybody who's working in public service because they are human, and they do need, like, they need some time. Oh, my God. Make, of, we like really about, do.
0: About six weeks ago from when we're recording now, so we're recording on April 15th, I believe. It's not tax day for me. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. Nope. <laughs> but, one, uh, one thing we all got. Hooray. Um, but it was maybe six weeks ago, or maybe it was eight weeks ago, that Governor Phil Murphy of my beloved home state of New Jersey had a partial nephrectomy. He had a, yes. a partial kidney removal and then like three days later my dude was out there um directing the coronavirus response at a very early stage jersey was jersey thank god i'm so relieved that my family lives there and that i live in california um, most of the time it's because distance makes the heart grows fonder and 2800 miles sets a boundary um but (laughs) I also love them I usually go home seven times a year but not this time but but with Governor Murphy I was like you know I'm like I was saying to myself like you know Sarah the dude knows what he's up to but I'm like he just had part of a kidney removed and he's like already doing stuff for this pandemic response which at the time it seemed like it was going to be a big deal, but not as big deal as it's been. And I was like, is he going to slow his roll there? Like I got genuinely concerned, but that's what, that's what people who live to serve this country do. And sometimes I'm like, or usually, usually, Usually. Usually. and I want to take a little bit of a red. No, unless you're Donald Trump and
1: then you play golf all the time. Yeah. And you're like, you're like fuck it people will die i'm fine
0: with that i'm just and gonna like, play another round of golf what's one more round of golf that's what i do i, mean, I got like- i get very maternal when i see uh you know leaders i admire working really hard i'm always like well, I just really hope that AOC takes a nap sometimes. <laughs> and yeah, I, I know, it's true. I, I feel, I mean, that is
1: part of sort of the Emily's List world. You know, we're usually on the road all the time seeing candidates and elected officials, and and now we're on the phones and, and doing the same thing as everybody else. But one of the things I've noticed that's really changed, and I've I've started making a lot of these calls now too, is just, like, checking in with our That's elected really officials. And I'm like, hey, you know, everything going okay? I mean, I was, I, I was chatting with uh, Congresswoman Sharice Davids, uh, who is out of Kansas. Uh, she uh, represents, uh, gets Kansas too. I hope I have the number right. Uh, she's my father's congresswoman, by chance, because he lives there now. And I said to her, I'm like, How are you been? And she goes right into like, I just had a virtual town hall with a small business, and they're trying to like trying to get through the SBA, the Small Business Administration. These loans aren't like working out the way we need them to be, and we got to get them. She's like, boom, and I just she was like, boom, boom. boom." I'm like, great, (laughs) Cherie's. how are you doing? <laughs> I was like, 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 uh, are you, are you resting? Are you sleeping? Uh, are you exercising? She loves to exercise. She used to be an MMA fighter. Oh my so God. She, that's so oh, yeah, cool. Super cool. And well, kind that's, of scary at the same time. But which super I love cool. in a like woman. She take, yeah. She could take me down. Like, <laughs> like I'm 5'10 and she's not, she's like... She, quite a bit shorter and I'm pretty sure she could take me. Like I have no doubt. Like could she just take me at the knees
0: and the out? Um she's But amazing. it is but it is like when you're but talking to so candidates, hard. you're you're talking to a lot of hardworking, um, broadly speaking type A individuals who are gonna click into like work, 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 work. People who have worked their way through, you know, everything from people who dealt with a lot of childhood trauma and the response was to just plow ahead and work to people who are just naturally inclined to work, work, work. And sometimes, and I mean, I speak in my own, not that I'm a candidate, but from experience, um, leaning into work is wonderful, but we do have to force ourselves to like, leave the phone at your desk when you go pee like do that, you know, also get up to use the bathroom, drink a lot of water. Yes. These are important. I'm very worried about everyone's urinary tract right now, wow. uh, regardless of gender. Drink enough water. I get Under, worried. So you're the reason there's a toilet paper shortage. Correct. <laughs> you're like, water, and water, water, water. I have so much By cranberry minute. juice in this house, <laughs> no sugar added. I'm very concerned about the people. But you know, it's those things. It's like um, I made myself sick in 2016 and wasn't able to fly to the D- the, the Democratic National Convention in Philly, which is oh, fine because it's really hot and humid. But I was going to help yes. out with a couple different things. Some Emily's listening. Some other things. Yeah. But, um i drank so much coffee that i'll just be tmi it's fine i was like what is this weird sensation that in my life i've never experienced at the age of 35 and all these people were like dude you have a uti and i was like that's impossible i haven't had sexual relations and they were like no no you can get it from other things and i was like no you can't and then i called a doctor and he was like sarah uh drinking water yeah (laughs) how much water do you drink every day? And I said, uh, and he said, and how much coffee do you drink? And I said, like four cups of cold brew. And he was like, does that mean six? And I was like, yes, sir. And then he said, do you put sugar in it? And I was like, uh, yes. And he said, do you get up and exercise during the day? And I said, no. And he said, um, you know, and I explained the symptoms and he said, uh, I, I would say that I think it's wonderful that you want to go to Philadelphia tomorrow morning, but I believe that you're going to be extremely uncomfortable and I would suggest staying home." And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And see, you didn't know you were going to get a nice TMI, I UTI uh, update, Stephanie. We were family list, so we <laughs> a, I mean, so like, you got to hear all the
1: stuff. A lot of this stuff happens. It's all it's all okay, and it that's what was so instructive. I was like, "What the ground?" And your body get, will give out, and yeah, you have to be really, really careful about that stuff. And I you know, I am a stress eater. Mm-hmm, me and too. I have to really, really stay on top of that. And I I had this running joke. like I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get rid of this Trump 20 that I gained. Like, <laughs> the only problem was on a Hillary 15. So I, <laughs> honestly, that's the truth. Like I gained that much weight in a two-year period because I campaigned nonstop like you did for for Hillary and all the Democrats in 16 and I gained all this weight. And then Trump came and I was like, well, get me another bottle of wine and a pizza because I don't, you know, this is a mess. And then finally I was like, I need to be like, put your mask on
0: first before you help others. Like I have got to get in better shape. And, and I, my uh, hypoglycemia and came and, roaring back, like, because I was just doing so much sugar. Sugar, sugar, sugar. So, uh, yeah. you know, after, after Trump got elected was the first time I ever went and really worked with a nutritionist because I was like waking up wanting to throw up. Oh. And my doctor was like, listen, you know, you will go to a pre diabetic state at, like many people in your family have unless you make some dietary changes. And it wasn't even about like, you know, changing my size or anything. The doctor didn't, thank God, the doctor didn't say anything about that. They just were like, look, yeah. let's look at your family history you're under stress. You know, I work full time and was volunteering at different things. And they were like, um, you need to learn how to eat a vegetable. So that was a very (laughs) instructive to 2016 through 2017 through 2018, a very instructive time in dealing with one's health. I mean, I don't thank Donald Trump for anything. Mm. Uh, But I don't know that I would have gotten sober if I hadn't had such a reason to drink from stress horribly. I would have eventually. I would have eventually. Yeah. It would have happened now. I would have been on that journey eventually let's I'm not, not give me- him that no but you know uh, i'm not gonna give him that but and thank god for having you know a community of sober friends to help me through all kinds of situations but like That's we awesome. can like go to you know we reach for the most whatever our thing is whatever our most um whatever the thing is that that helps us numb out or lights up our pleasure centers we reach for. And so for some people, you know, sometimes it's been, for me, it's been a credit card. It's been shopping. It's been, and I'm, and I'm wondering like, so for you, obviously Emily's list rocks, Emily's list.org, please go and send the money. But for you personally, this is a very busy job. You become the face of the organization all the time. How do you kind of take care of yourself or check in with yourself?
1: and I've had to learn that over the years because before I was at Emily's List, I'd been a democratic campaign manager, finance director, and campaigns are just unhealthy places to be because you're just going, 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 and Emily's List can be like that too. And I finally just realized that I've got to gotta slow it down a little bit. So I, I exercise now, um, if not five days a week, Close to that. I love to walk. I love to be outside. I mean, I grew up in Montana. I want to be outside
0: all the time. You grew Uh, up a big sky country, and you're in Virginia, which is beautiful, but you're not in rural Virginia. You're no, but I'll drive out and hit the Shenandoahs
1: every once in a while, and go, you know, go out and be happy. I miss the summer. I need the nature. Sometimes I just need to be by the river, like, and just hear the water. Which I used to really- live
0: in um, North Carolina. In uh, I have a North Carolina tattoo here. I oh, lived in- look at you! Were you in Asheville? That was yeah. I was, I was in Asheville, Asheville at uh, Warren Wilson College. That's where I finished oh, my degree. That is so cool. I love, I love Asheville. Asheville. Talk about beautiful! It's just awesome. I miss oh like the Blue Ridge Mountains. I miss yeah. the Smokies. I mean, the Shan- Virginia is gorgeous. Like. It's really special. So being outside yeah. and in nature is obviously... That helps for, for me.
1: That's really good. I have definitely... I am much more mindful of, of the eating and you know the vegetables. Thankfully, I like vegetables. My problem good. isn't so much what I eat. It is volume. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to eat all the time. I, and I can eat
0: a lot of food. Like I'm just going to tell you. Like, oh and man. as Americans, we're <laughs> trained. Another example: women are trained to take care of people. Americans <laughs> are trained to have big portion sizes. Like our. Oh my god! I mean, not even going to Cheesecake Factory, where it's over the top, uh, oh, or yeah. Cracker Barrel, another one of our finest yeah. establishments that I enjoy. But we're just taught big, big, big. I remember the first time That's I right. went to Europe, and I was like, "This is a small plate of pasta." I I'm know. Where's confused. the
1: food? Like, pasta? Like what? This is supposed to be like a. An entire bowl. It's like this little, t- I know it's so, it's so true. It's so true. And then I don't know how your parents were, but mine were like, finish everything on your plate. Finish yeah. We're going to send it like, you know, wherever to the starving people, wherever we were sending them at any given moment. I was like, okay. And then I did. And then I, of course, like, yes just the way it is. So now I just learned, like, I can eat little things along the way. And I, so I've really, so you, as you went to a nutritionist, I, I, I did too, and just got into a better, a better shape. And I still have little things like my diet, Dr. Pepper, which I do Ooh. love. Um, so I try to only have one, maybe two a day. This is my second, I admit. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm we put like garbage, garbage in our bodies. That's okay. I'm decaf coffee though. Oh, that's impressive. Oh my I God. Do, I, really? This is where my only caffeine comes from the soda. Usually one can, maybe two. I'm decaf. Cause what I found, um, and I've talked to a few candidates about this too, actually over the years is the caffeine. I would get so down at night. I'd like drink caffeine all day and then I'd stop and you know, I'd, I'd slow down and then it would just be like blue and sad and, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then I got, I, a couple of years ago, uh, got the flu, not just the regular flu.
0: Right, uh, which the regular flu. Hey, shout which, out to the regular flu for being awful and killing lots of people. Not yeah, as many as it, coronavirus it's, uh, it's or COVID-19. Cool. But still, the flu Bad sucks. news, yeah. flu's bad,
1: flu's bad. And I quit drinking anything that week because I was sick. And then, so I was like, oh, I might as well just quit drinking coffee and caffeine and
0: i'm so much better at
1: night it was That's the caffeine awesome.
0: yeah cuz you were it crashing so yes. it is a powerful it is a powerful yeah. thing and we can use it medicinally like i i find it genuinely helps me some some mornings excuse me, um, it genuinely helps me some mornings, especially if I'm feeling a little depressed. Like I take my Prozac, I do my therapy, all that stuff. I've started dancing. Ryan Heffington does oh, dance parties on awesome. Instagram live, ryan.heffington. Really? So good. I resisted Sorry. I resisted because I'm. I have a lot of embarrassment and shame and fear around dancing oh. and other things. But then I was like, wait. So I, nobody is. It's just him. It's not like a Zoom meeting, and everybody was like, yeah, yeah. It's just him. And then you did, and it's so fun and silly. It's That's really like playful. Hilarious. And so I do those things. Is he like teaching dancing, or is it like it's really you're just dancing? Oh, he teaches you very basic moves, and then oh, he I need that because it, I, I don't. So I don't have it it's really fun, and he like takes you through it, and then he. At a certain point, he always makes you grab a prop and pretend that you are on stage singing. And one time he put on, uh, like, like an Egyptian pharaoh's uh, oh. wig and regalia. It's a very it. sort of, like, it's like if Freddie Mercury and Cleopatra, as portrayed by Elizabeth Taylor, had a baby... And that baby like went to therapy and did a lot of yoga and then like opened a dance school. Like that's the Ryan. Instagram live experience. He does it after, okay, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at 10 a.m. Pacific, which is 1 p.m. East. And then he does it. It is amazing. I think on Saturday. Oh, I gotta do that or Sunday. Yeah, it's great, okay. I've That's kept so you good. for so long, by the way. I know, I, I, I really appreciate you to do.
1: this is so funny. My assistant just called. She's like, uh, you're supposed to be doing other calls. I'm like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. You have to go like to
0: time. talk to Nancy Pelosi and you're like, no, we're, we're talking about we're Ryan like, Huffington's dance we're party. We're focused, we're focused. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephanie Shriak, where can the people go to, uh, to follow you on the internet and to learn more about Emily's List? We'll go to emilyslist.org, um,
1: sign up, uh, join our join our membership. If you can give a little bit of money, awesome. Uh, adopt a candidate or two, like check them out. They're amazing. You're going to love them. You can follow them. Uh, I'm at Shriok1 on, on Twitter and all of those wonderful, thing, wonderful things are on the website too. Um, but join this crazy family of ours. We are 5 million strong and growing. And we really do believe that we're, we are completely changing, not just politics, but culture in this country. And it's going to take a lot of work, but every win we take, every every office, one more role model comes in, particularly of a diverse woman with a diverse story, uh, changes everything. So join us and we will continue to make change together.
0: Oh yeah. And folks, uh, folks, regardless of gender are welcome to the party. I forgot another, another one of our guests, Rob Belushi was also at the Emily's list event in, in Los Angeles. So, you know, and hopefully we'll all be able to do that again in next year. We will. I think by then we will. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith that it's going to work out. In the meantime, we're going to be wearing very beautiful uh, face masks and social distancing. Stephanie Shriak, thank you so much for all this time.
1: Thank you. Thank you again for everything that you're doing. Stay well, stay healthy, stay centered. And we'll do this again sometime.
0: And that was Stephanie Shriok. It was so great to get to talk to her. Check out emily'slist.org to find out how you can get involved, learn about their candidates. If you're a gal who wants to run for office and you are a pro choice Democrat, hey, why not? Check it out. As a member of the Creative Council, I can tell you we are absolutely delighted to get to work with people like you who really care, who are really committed and who want to affect change in their own communities, whether that means your town, your county, your state, or the entire U.S. of A. You can support this podcast with a donation to... Well, it's not a donation. Let me just be clear. It's, you can't write it off for your taxes, but it's for as little as a dollar a month. So, hey, it's a subscription to patreon.com slash Casa. You will get the weekly newsletter, Serotonin, full of... Self care and entertainment tips, recommendations. There is an agony Auntie Sarah advice column. There, you can message me privately as a Patreon member and ask an advice question, and I will answer you in the weekly newsletter without revealing any private details about you. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the answer will help not just you but other people who may be going through the same thing. So, Patreon.com/slash Sarah Benincasa. Let's take a deep breath together. Okay, let's take a slower deep breath together. Inhale. And exhale. I am working on my next young adult book proposal. I am praying that I finish it this week. Whatever you're working on, I am right there with you, sending you good thoughts, good wishes, good encouragement. I love you and I like you. Please take good care of yourself. Somebody really gives a shit if they get to see you, you know, get to see you smile, get to see you wave, get to see you walk by. I don't know who it is, but it's somebody. You might not know who it is either, but you matter to someone and uh, we want you to stick around. So thank you for being here. Take good care. I'll talk to you soon.